Today's edition of the Roma Press Podcast, as always, is brought to you by EuroFantasyLeague.com. The football season is in full swing, and regardless of which league you prefer or which league you play or if you want to play multi-league games, Euro Fantasy League is the absolute best. Make sure you check them out. Make sure you support them because they support this podcast, EuroFantasyLeague.com. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello again. Welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I'm RomaPress.us editor John Solano. So I thought this episode was going to be primarily just a quick, very, very brief preview for Atalanta, but Roma decided to offload Kevin Strootman. Now, There's a lot to unpack here, a lot to unload. This has been a very divisive topic that I've found it to be, especially on social media. Opinions on this really seem to be divided, and I guess I'm a little confused as the, or I guess to the extent as to why it is so divisive. Listen, Strootman, very likable guy. Always fought for the shirt. You could never question his determination, his professionalism, his work ethic, anything in regards to him as a professional footballer. Um, There was very little to question. There was no doubting him. But when it comes to on-the-pitch performance, and this is the part that really has me confused, I just don't know what people have been watching the last few years especially this past season um to put it mildly Strootman has not been a good player he is not by by any stretch of the imagination he we could classify him as mediocre at best and I think even that would be complimentary listen the 2004, excuse me, 2013-2014 edition of Kevin Strootman was a sensational player, a player who had all the makings to be world class. To me, he could have been a player very much like the modern day Tony Kroos, who is one of the top five midfielders in the world, maybe three, depending on who you are debating with. That was Strootman. However, That was five years ago. That was four years ago, depending on, you know, when you want to date it. But it's been a long time since he has been a top player. It's been a while. Now, in fairness to him, and all credit to him, he was injured, suffered multiple injuries to his knee. Roma were patient on him. He continued to fight. He continued to work. He was professional. He was determined. And it's a great success that he managed to come back for Roma. I will never take that away from him. I will never question any of that in regards to his determination or, again, his work ethic, his love for the shirt. But if we're talking strictly on the pitch performance, and that's it. This is the only way you can judge these sort of things because in the past, 
especially when you relate it to the matter of Totti. Roma have been criticized for being too emotional, for holding on to their players for the wrong reasons, for holding on to players for other reasons that didn't relate to on the pitch. Now, I see people on social media slating uh, slating the club because they're not keeping Strootman, not because he's good on the pitch, but because he's a leader, he bleeds for the shirt. So I guess that's where the majority of my confusion comes from. Which is it? Are Roma dumb for holding on to players because they have little quality on the pitch and they're holding on to them for emotional reasons? Or are Roma stupid for getting rid of Strootman because he doesn't offer much on the pitch, but he's a great leader and a great dressing room presence? Are, are, are Roma suddenly stupid for selling him? So I, I don't know which it is because it seems like people are going to criticize Roma one way or the other. It's either they, you know, they hold on to someone like Totti for too long and they're only doing it for nostalgic reasons, emotional reasons. But then they sell Strootman and, oh, whoa, uh, this is a, a, a dressing room leader. This is a guy who bleeds for the shirt. He's emotional. He gives everything he can on the pitch. Why would you sell him? Which is it? <laughs> That's the part that confuses me the most because Roma gets slated one way or the other. I think you can tell by the tone of which I'm taking as to my opinion on the matter. Strootman, again, we cannot criticize anything about him in regards to professionalism, but he doesn't move very well, and that's clearly a result of the knee injuries that he suffered he offers very little in the buildup in the attack his ball recovery numbers are okay but he doesn't tackle particularly well he doesn't move about the pitch very well I tweeted out his heat map from the 2017-2018 campaign and it is very eye-opening it's very telling it's very revealing he just doesn't move. He doesn't move very well. He's stuck on the left side near the flank of the pitch. He doesn't offer much in defense. He doesn't offer much in the final third. He doesn't particularly average a high number of passes per match. It's under 55. Those are things you need in a modern top-class midfielder. And again, this is taking all of the emotion out of it because you have to. Roma, in my opinion, have been guilty for hanging on to players for emotional reasons. And I'm not citing Totti. There's a couple of other names we can look at as well. We could do a whole nother podcast on that, though. So I don't want to get into naming names. But that's Roma made the right move by selling Strootman for a very big profit. Um, his amortized value ever since he arrived makes this entire transfer nearly all plus Valenza. So I just don't understand as to why there are so many people, so many people slating Mochi for this. I just think that, again, emotions are running high. People don't often think logically at times when a player you particularly care for is sold. But that's football. And I think this was the correct move by Monchi. 
I think this is the correct move for Strootman. Listen, he's been here for a long time. He has not been playing at a particularly high level these past few seasons. He suffered injuries. And the best form that he had in his footballing career was a few months under Garcia before that horrific injury in the Coppa Italia against Napoli. So I think it's smart for him to go to a new club, perhaps rediscover that form. He's getting a fairly modest, I shouldn't even say modest, he's getting a fairly good wage increase. He made around 3 million net euros at Roma. And he's going to get, he's including bonuses, around 4.5 million euros at Marseille. So it's a good move for him. It's a good move for Roma. Everybody wins here. I, I, I don't see why there's a, a lot of, just a lot of mean-spirited comments towards Monchi on this because, I mean, if this if this move is the one that made you question Monchi or made you angry at Palotta for wanting to sell, then, geez, I don't even want to know your thoughts on the other ones such as Alisson, Salah, and on and on and on. I mean, this is the one that should upset you the least. I think, again, this was the right move. Everybody wins. Now, the only criticism, and I will absolutely listen to it, and I even agree with it to an extent, as to why would Monchi do this when the Italian transfer window is closed. And I agree with that. However, as I reported on RomaPress.us today, this operation really picked up very quickly. This was not expected once the Italian window shut. Um, Monchi's entourage, when I spoke to them, I spoke to one of the members who works at the SEG football agency who represents Strootman. The person I talked to basically hinted that this was very, very quick. This is not expected. So I can't blame Monchi that much for you know, seizing an opportunity, as he likes to say. However, obviously, in an ideal world, this is done while the transfer market of Italy is still open and Roma could find a replacement. Now, obviously, this is a big, 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 big punt on Brian Cristante and even, in my opinion, Lorenzo Pellegrini, because clearly now, they're going to both have a much bigger role with Strootman not here. Again, I do think that this was the right move. Anyone who saw Cristante against Torino, the match flipped on its head when he entered the match. I, I think this is the right move to give him an important role, to make him a first-choice player. And even this could open opportunities up for Chordich. So we'll just have to see how this ultimately plays itself out. However, I think everybody wins here. I think Roma get a big, big fee for a player who, let's just be honest, he's not who he was. He is a quarter of the player he was in the 2013-2014 season. And I tweeted this out as well. He's a tenth of what he could have been. And it's a shame because I just remember watching him that season and it was like a breath of fresh air. He was, he offered everything. He was quick. 
I just remember that penalty goal. I believe it was against Parma. Someone correct me if I'm if I'm wrong on that. Um, once we tweet this, tweet the links out to this. But I, I believe it was Parma, and it was a rocket, an absolute rocket. And it it was sort of at that moment where I really began to admire him because he had everything that you would want in a modern midfielder. But then the knee injury happened, and from there, it was just sort of like a rock rolling down a hill. There was just, it it all went downhill for him, and there was really no stopping it. He had one injury, then another, and then a third, and it got to the point where even when he returned on the pitch, it was just clear that this guy was not the same, and it's a huge shame because he is truly going to be one of the greatest what-if players that Roma have had at the club for a long, 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 long time. And it's very bitter that he suffered those injuries because I I sincerely believe he could have been a top five, top maybe not top five, let's say top 10, 15 midfielder in the world because he had everything. He had it all. And it's just so, so cruel that those knee injuries happened to him. So I digress. I'm going to leave it there. Um, again, I, I do think this is the right move for Roma. I think it's the right move for Strootman. And I think, you know, maybe if he can rediscover that form, even a little bit of it, Massey are getting a great player in that case. So I wish him the best. I, I truly hope that he can rediscover that form because, again, he's a great guy and the interactions I've had with him, a delight to be around. And, again, he fought for the shirt. So... That's enough with that. I, I don't want to spend too much time than than we already have talking about it. But good luck to him. And again, I, I wish I wish the best for him. So on to Roma Atalanta. Really, there's not a whole lot to really dive into this match. Very difficult one. One that Roma absolutely have to win because they have a difficult match after this against Milan. At Milan, in fact. So getting these three points, very, 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 very crucial. Roma were not good at the Olimpico last season against Atalanta. I don't know how many of you remember that, but they lost. They were very, 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 very poor in that match. And I, for some reason, can't get that out of my head. But I've written a little bit about it this week on Euro Fantasy League. I wrote about some things to watch in this match if, if you're playing fantasy football, some players to keep your eye on. But one theme that I kept mentioning was that Atalanta are coming off a very important Euro, uh, Europa League match against Copenhagen. Now, they're going to be tired. Um, they played the majority of their important players, except I believe Duvan Zapata did not play the entire match. But Papu Gomez, who continually match after match after match after match after match after match, absolutely purges Roma on a consistent basis, played the entire match. He has played in all 90 minutes so far this season. So I don't know if Gasparini will do a lot of turnover in this match. I don't know if he will punt on Gomez playing all 90 minutes again. For me, that'd be very difficult because I would assume that they have their eyes on the second leg against Copenhagen because there's everything left to play for. Whoever wins that match will advance um, onto the next stage of the Europa League. So 
who knows what Gasparini will do for this. I, I do hope, obviously, that they utilize some turnover because Papu Gomez, his best scoring record is, of course, against Roma. He consistently puts on good performances against the Gialorossi. So I am certainly a little worried about that. Now, from Roma's standpoint, there's a lot of things that they got to improve upon from the previous week. Obviously, one of the biggest ones were they were sloppy at the back, especially Fazio. Very, very clumsy with the ball. Pastore was not good in the midfield. He was not good at all. And in fact, Di Francesco has said in his press conference uh, before the match, ahead of the match, that it's even possible that Pastore could play on the wing. So... I don't know if that's an indictment on Pastore. I don't know if that's an indictment on El Shadawi, who was horrible against Torino, as was Cengiz Under. We'll have to see what they do. I'm very curious to see what Di Francesco does. Every major Italian newspaper has Pastore starting on the left wing. I don't know what... I'm very interested to see the approach that Di Francesco opts for this match because there's a lot that he can do. And Zonzi is back in the fold. I don't expect him to start. But obviously, Cristante with the sale of Strootman will undoubtedly start. But if Pastore is pushed up to the wing, you have to wonder if that means perhaps um, Pastore on the left, Jekko, maybe Cliver on the right, or Under with... Cristante, Terossi, Pellegrini in the midfield, which is what I would expect. Um, so uh, I'm ki- very, very curious to see how Di Francesco opts to approach this match. Because, again, it's very important. You have to get points against Atalanta, especially with the likes of Milan dropping points. You had Inter drop points. This is very important when you have your rivals dropping points that you do not drop points, especially at home. We all know how poor Roma were at the Olimpico last season. They cannot repeat that at all this season. They cannot have the same sort of home form as they did last season. So they will undoubtedly have to get everything out of this match. Again, the hope is that Atalanta are pretty tired coming into this because, again, they've they've already played a few important matches as opposed to Roma, who've only played one. And they have an important match, again, in a few days after this against Copenhagen with everything to play for. So maybe they're looking past this match. Who knows? You would hope that, you know, from a a Roma supporter standpoint that this is the case. But I wouldn't count on anything because, again, Papu Gomez alone can single-handedly win them the match. And he has torched Roma time after time after time. So we'll have to keep our fingers crossed. That's it for now. We will have Andy back on after the match to do a little post-match analysis and give our thoughts. So this is going to come out just before the match against Atalanta, a few hours before. So hopefully you're able to have enough time to listen and enjoy. And I also wanted to briefly mention, I don't know if anyone noticed on the website, but I added a support page for Roma Press. As a lot of you know, some of you may not know this, but the website is not my full-time job. This is not something that I make my career out of doing. It's something I do in my spare time. It's something I enjoy doing, and it's something I have a lot of fun doing just because I've met 
great people. I love doing this podcast. I love writing the articles on the website. I love bringing you news. I love doing the exclusive interviews with a lot of the agents of the players who provide great insight. I love doing that. I I thoroughly enjoy doing it. But my time is becoming more and more pressed. It's it's very difficult. A lot of you know I have children and a wife as well. Um, So finding time to do this is getting very, very difficult. So I need help. So I need people who are able to write some articles. I need people who could potentially fill in for me when we do a podcast episode. So none of this has been able to be built up to where it is today without you. So if you are at all able to do so, there is a Patreon link under the support page on romapress.us. Regardless of what you can give, I, I, I only made two tiers for giving, a dollar per month or $5, and that's American currency. Um, I'm not sure how it works abroad. I'm sure it does. But anything you'd be able to give, I would be eternally grateful. Again, there's a lot of costs that go into this, the website hosting, putting together this podcast, the software, hosting it on SoundCloud. I... You know, I had never managed a website or created a website before this. And I have to say, I was extremely naive going into it. And to an extent, I'm still a bit naive because I'm trudging the, the waters on my own. I have n- little to no help on the website. Sometimes there's a couple of gentlemen who will hop on and write some articles and help me out in times of need. But generally, this is a one-man show. Obviously, we have Andy on the podcast quite often, which is great. But as far as the website goes, usually it's it's just me. So if you could support, I would be eternally grateful. And also, if you're interested in writing for the website, please sh- um, send me over a direct message on Twitter. You guys know where I am. Uh, my my personal Twitter account is Solano, S-O-L-A-N-O underscore five six. Let me know. I, I'm always open to, again, people helping out just because, again, this is something that I do in my spare time and I've been very crunched for time lately. So anything that you could do to support this podcast, I would be, again, eternally grateful. And I thank you again for all the continued support that you guys have given as far as just viewing the website retweeting, listening to this podcast. I I can't thank you enough. I don't think I say that enough as I should, but I just want you to know your support does not go unnoticed. I am eternally grateful. I have had so much fun doing this and I continue to have so much fun doing this time after time, day after day. I really, really do enjoy it. So thank you. And again, There's a Patreon link on our website if you are able to and willing to support. So thank you again. And again, we will do a post-match analysis for Roma Atlanta. So hopefully we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed for the three points. So until then, ciao.